Summer Jam Through the Years Season 2 is brought to you by Uptop Music Group. Check out Let's Get It by Uptop artist Young Drama featuring Ty Uzi and Jez Gasoline. Uh, baby, not because these niggas Gerber's. Do the dash and swear roll like T-Herbo. Killer Op, turn to a logo. Jez Gasoline, they know I'm the local. They put me out with police showing photos. This is busting, yeah, I've got to go my niggas outside, they don't never go He could ride if he want, but we got the scope on I got a four five on me, nigga that's five nines Young drama the big low, still fuck with them prime times Just fuck the P gutter, tell him hit me on the high tide Screaming big ZDK, niggas know how I ride Hey yo, this is Sean Paul, the girls them over up Hot 97 it's such a moment, it's such a big stage. Summer Jam is just one of those staples in hip hop. Hot 97 Summer Jam! To be somebody, you gotta be on that Hot 97 Summer Jam stage. Hot 97 Summer Jam, one of the most overwhelming experiences of my life. Summer Jam means so much to me. Always going to see all our favorite artists. Everybody on that big Summer Jam stage. You never know what you might see at Summer Welcome to Summer Jam Through the Years. I'm your host, Laura Styles. Today's episode will be a little different than past episodes. Rather than looking at one specific year, we're going to look at two years, 2003 and 2006, through the lens of an artist who was on both lineups, Sean Paul. Sean Paul is not the first artist that comes to mind when you think of Summer Jam or even hip-hop, but Sean Paul helped bridge the gap between dancehall and mainstream hip-hop. Uh, for me, dancehall music was huge, you know. There's no difference between the biggest hip-hop artist and, and the biggest dancehall artist in terms of the respect that the kids have for them. Yeah, the, the pay grade is different and, and, and hits, uh, you know, come as different as well. But for me, as a kid from Jamaica, same thing. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, hip-hop at the time had just started to be really embraced by like the the major part of of jamaican culture so to speak dj camillo told us just how close dancehall and hip-hop have always been in new york listen in new york it's always been hand in hand you know what i'm saying for instance when you do when you're doing a hip-hop party in new york you always sneak in a dancehall set always you know what i'm saying and it's it's hand in hand you know what i'm saying it for me coming up you had to play dancehall. You had to make the girls happy. That was that 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 moment where you got them to to, to twerk, to, to you know, to grind. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's always been hand in hand. Sean Paul began releasing music in 2000 and really broke into the scene in America after his second album, Dutty Rock, dropped in late 2002. Dutty Rock featured a blending of Jamaican music and American hip hop, which was indicative of a larger connection between New York and the West Indies. From 1980 to 2000, the number of people migrating from the Caribbean to the United States more than doubled. And New York City was the second most popular destination for people migrating from the islands. In 2022, 25% of all immigrants from places like Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, and Jamaica that came to America live in New York City, second only to Miami. The music scenes of both New York and Jamaica reflected that. Oh, huge uh, respect for Hot 97 in terms of you know, them breaking new artists to me. Like, uh, you, you would definitely listen out for tapes. Um, I remember Funk Flex first uh, mixtape. And we we just uh, would 
would wait for the info you know what i mean <laughs> it's like yeah who's next what's up i know people in jamaica who have never been to new york much less the states but they could tell you where every rapper and every producer comes from what corner they hang yeah, on what barrel yeah uh you know if they ate chopped cheese or not <laughs> kind of <laughs> just like knew everything about them through magazines and what friends would tell them when you caught like yo what's this about that about and um yeah so so i would say the culture for us was uh, uh becoming more big but there was people at home who were just already immersed in hip-hop culture and you know they would come to the studios and we would converse about stuff that that um was legendary or not even so legendary, just just some stuff about different artists then summer jam 2003 came along and sean paul got the chance to take the summer jam stage this was the biggest crowd he'd ever performed in front of to that point here sean paul talks with hot 97 in-house reporter jason peters about taking the summer jam stage it was a huge thing uh First time performing for 50,000 people. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wasn't scared of the crowd. Just just really thankful for the opportunity to be able to rock them. Um, but it was looked on as a huge thing. And and um, was one of the first shows that I went to that you actually met and connected with people and started to, like, you know, take numbers and, and just, like, be... Like a yeah, network of circles, yeah, 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 very definitely networking. And and speaking yeah. on that, what got you in the door? Do you remember the process for getting booked at Summer Jam? Do you remember who you talked to? All of that, because we're going to talk to them a little bit after this. I really don't remember the process of of how it happened. Um, I know that they had probably spoken to the record label, and they probably spoke to uh, management subsequently after that. So. Uh, yeah, just I mean, I remember wanting to do it with my band because uh, at that time I had started, you know, my band, my life band, and uh, we 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 opted to not do it with the band in in terms of we, yeah, I've worked it three years in a row, and I don't think I've ever seen a guitar up there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so we 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 found that out, and then we was like, okay, uh, it's just not that setting, and and it's more of a you know kind of like DJ set type thing. Still rocking 50,000 people. It's yeah, what deal. do you remember from your set? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of energy. Uh, just, just, just wondering if you know, everybody was hearing me because yeah. it's so, so far back. But obviously when the hit started, you know, you're seeing, seeing people's hands going um, and, and the sound of, of, of everybody else's voice. You know, railing up or, or or making making a big boom, you know, a big noise, and and also singing along with the songs. And um, that day, stuff. that day, you also came out for an iconic Busta Rhymes set. Yeah. How did that happen? Did was that something you guys negotiated day of, and it just was like, yo, you got to come out, or was it in advance? Were you at his like sound check? We spoke before. We didn't have any sound check, but we did sp- <laughs> speak before, and. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'd, I'd been on one or two uh, events with him. So, yeah, we we, we kind of had that as rehearsal in, before this big um, joint. So, Do you remember who else popped out for that set or even the song you did? Yeah, we didn't make it clap. I, I definitely remember that. Who else popped out for the set with him? I can't remember. I know there must have been... 
like you know Rod Digger there and and his whole crew. Um, it was you, uh, Buster Rhymes, Bone Crusher, mm. and he also brought out Diddy and Mariah Carey. Wow, I didn't. Remember <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I do remember meeting everybody except Mariah Carey backstage. Everybody who you mentioned, but I. They probably snuck I her in like the Secret Service, for <laughs> and, sure. And then by the time your song's done, you're off the stage. Mariah Carey comes up, definitely for sure. Um, past that, what did being immersed in that situation mean to you? Being just embraced by New York, embraced by other New York artists, being essentially welcomed to the party and in those circles and that networking event that you said it was uh, the, the pinnacle of of of. Um, you know, me getting known here in New York. I remember wearing a baseball shirt with my name on the back just so people <laughs> people knew, oh, that's that dude. <laughs> yeah, not in uh, not in the baseball much. Uh, no, actually, my, my grandfather is. Uh, he moved to Canada and he loves baseball, and he would always try to get me into it. But guess I'm a more of a cricket dude. What's it cricket? Especially at that point. What's yeah. it called? Uh, the fun fact: doing research for this interview, I found out that Sean Paul is a fan of water polo. Yeah, I play water. <laughs> How did you get into that? Was that Jamaica specific or just general interest? This is my family. My father was on the first water polo team after the war. The Commonwealth Games was held in Jamaica. And then his son, my father, um, you know, and brother was champion swimmers and water polo players. So was my mom. So as a kid, they used to throw me in the water. <laughs> like, yo, he could swim and teach other people to swim every summer for... I think you might be the most famous water polo player on the planet. <laughs> nah, man, there's movie stars that play polo too. <laughs> I, I've seen the list. I can't remember right now. It's good for your core. Ladies, it's great for you. It's it's the best exercise for your body. It moves every muscle group, so yeah. All right, enough about water polo. Hot 97 and its DJs played a major role in breaking Sean Paul's music to the New York audience, which at that time set the tone for the rest of the country. Yeah, man, to, to every DJ who ever spun from just, you know, the smallest mixed show DJ who's worked his way up, uh, you know, they always showed me love. I think that... Um, you know, Jamaican culture is so immersed in, in within hip hop as well. But for us to start standing out and, and becoming well known, it's been awesome. So thank you to every DJ, every pro program director who I've been blessed with to live to see pass through the, 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 the offices. Um, salute to y'all, man. If it wasn't for you, there's times where I'm not in the in, in, not even in the country and y'all spinning my music. Uh, representing me, so I appreciate that from the heart. Hot 97 DJ and heavy hitter DJ Enough said he played an integral part in getting Sean Paul on Hot 97, and 20 years later, he still remembers the role that he played. I specifically helped him. So talk to me about I remember being here at this radio station, and the program director at the time wanted me to pick and choose between Mr. Vegas, who was another emerging dancehall artist at the time, and Sean Paul. And the way I summed it up, because I didn't understand it all, I was from Flatbush, Brooklyn, so I understood a lot of the terminology and the lingo and the, you know, and the, and the way Jamaicans kind of talked in and out of, you know, their culture. So I got a gist of it. But it doesn't mean I understood it all. So I thought about all the people who might have not understood the lingo. So I picked Sean Paul because Sean Paul had a more melodic vibe and, and more sound that was just fitting for hip hop and R&B at the time. 
So I told my program director, you got to go with Sean Paul. And sure enough, Sean Paul, boom. Sean Paul on the radio, boom. Every t- all the time, boom. Sean Paul, boom. Summer Champ, Sean Paul, boom. Sean Paul's a superstar now. I really feel like I was a big, big instrumental part of that. Um, Personally. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, us seeing that emergence of Sean Paul from a New York standpoint was incredible because just so you guys know, notably, sometimes these songs come directly out of Jamaica. And if they don't get sanctioned by the Jamaican people, they don't win. But then Hot 97 comes into play and we slowly start to change the scope of things. Okay, so now records are being born here in New York, even though they weren't created here in New York. They might have been, some have, because, you know, these guys... They're not, look, Jamaica's only three hours away mm-hmm. Three hours and a half away Ain't that far But we were also responsible for the sound To just be uplifted more and grow And we saw it from You know, you see some of the, the early likings of a club night To us doing 50,000 people at, at MetLife Stadium for a summer jam that's, that's, that's the difference That's how you can see the, the growth in what we've done with uh, dance hall and reggae music Summer Jam Through the Years Season 2 is brought to you by Uptop Music Group. Check out Bounce by Uptop Artists Ty Uzi and Mac Global. Now there's only one last question to ask you. Uh, are you ready for your four minutes of fire? Yes, sir. Let's get this done and get it. I'm about to go crazy. Bang on. I was born ready like fish and spaghetti. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Always ready. Born ready. Let's do it. Man, listen, my real question is, is four minutes of fire ready for us? Absolutely. Four minutes of sour. Let's do it. Come on, man. Put the beat on. Hot 97 presents the Four Minutes of Fire podcast, where artists premiere unreleased music every month on the 4th. Follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hot 97 playing, that's me, baby. Call it ain't no got no cake. Is you crazy? Business got bitches on notice. She trying to slide to the non-slow your motion. Soon as I got to her spot, bent it over. I gave her the uh-uh-uh on this that Lola. Four minutes of fire. New music premiered every month on the 4th. Backstage at Summer Jam, Sean Paul said he'd never forget meeting one person. You're immersed in New York culture. Do you have any fun stories from that time period being in New York at like the height of 50 Cent and and yeah. just being in the in the in the area? Uh, one thing I wanted to say back about about being on Summer Jam that first time was uh, how when I met Alia. That was the first time I met her. Well, the only time I met her, and um, just. Uh, I was I was in awe, man, and and she was signing an autograph for me, and I was like, "Yo, you were perfect in the movie." I saw her in a movie, 
And she was like, oh, she stopped and looked up at me and said, thank you. I don't think people were considering her uh, much of a, of, of a strong actor at the time. And so the compliment meant something to her. Um, not too long after that, about about a couple months later, she passed away. So just very unfortunate. But but in other words, everybody was at the event. You know, I mean, I, I'd see, meet people I, I'd never met before. You know, there's 50 Cent there, Jay-Z there, every rapper you could think about, as you said, even Bone Crusher and, and, and Mariah was there. So, yeah, awesome, awesome event, man. Between Summer Jam 2003 and 2006, Sean Paul released two albums and his stardom only rose. He got to live through the popularization of the music he was creating. Things changed for him. Uh, for, for me, as a dancehall artist, things changed in that dancehall was just getting more popular and... Um, I was able to bring on Baby Sham on the stage, who is another big dancer artist. Uh, but, you know, we told everyone in the set we was going to bring him on. I also brought Spraga Benz on. Um, uh, the, uh, the last two songs, basically. So, also, what I do remember is Busy Signal. He was a brand new DJ, or a brand new entertainer at home, like, like very early out in his career. But he had a huge song. And I remember hearing the DJs play like in between sets and they played this song, song called Step Out. And it was like, I, I, the crowd got up and I was like, wow, dancehall is really actually more cemented in the culture right now because this is Summer Jam. And me on the first one, you know, six years before. You don't remember hearing much dancehall well, that day? No, not at all. And I was the only one on there, um, you know, and... And to see the crowd get up at just a song being played, not even the artist being in the place, that was awesome for me. So that's kind of what I remember it being a lot more cemented. And he, his wasn't the only song that played. It was just, we got the biggest reaction. But there were other dancehall songs and, 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 and stars being heard at the event, which was awesome to me. And uh, even in the last summer jam, Shensia, mm-hmm. the flags come out and her songs are getting spun in between in between the sets. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but beyond that, do you have any other recollections from the the 2006 set, or even being in New York during that time period? Yeah, the 2006 set. Uh, it was a sick set, <laughs> <laughs> and I, as I said, bringing on Baby Sham, his song hadn't really broken yet. It's called Ghetto Story. He hadn't even gotten the remix, which is more famous, with Alicia Keys on it yet. So uh, it was kind of like me introducing uh, a whole set of crowd to, to kind of more, um, to, to kind of get to know his work a little more. So that felt awesome. Um, Earlier in your yeah. career, were there American hip-hop acts that really uh, inspired your sound or inspired like this time period of of your music yeah for sure uh for me slick rick awesome storyteller somebody who who i I thought was pretty dope um run dmc ll cool j rakim those were kind of my my go-to listener listener they got my listenership for sure in the early 2000s the advent of the internet helped spread different sounds and cultures across the globe not only did sean paul's music break boundaries in the united states he became an international superstar his music top charts in multiple continents where he'd eventually go on tour ghanaian afrobeats artist stoneboy went from being a fan of sean paul to collaborating and performing with him stoneboy gives us his international 
perspective. Yeah, man, 100%. Sean Paul is the founding foundation of the new school, same way. You know, lot, uh, he, I think Sean, Sean is a big brother, same way. And he, come in, he comes in, just he would be one of the biggest exports of Jamaican music right after, in the, in the class of after Shaba ranks. And, 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 you know, and, and I mean, yeah, Shabarangs and, yeah. and, and them, that squad, you know, after Bone Tequila, them, you know, I'm just, I'm, that's where I think he, they, the, the crop, they're falling from 2000, from yeah. 2000, 2002, 2003, they'd be rocking 1999, even probably, you know, till date. And Sean Paul capped the niche for himself that gave dancehall music a very global appeal in the sense that he could cross it's not like it wasn't being done but he gave it a, a tone a very fresh tone that um was able to um, transcend into even a more pop 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 crowd because of the kind of style that he you know he he had so somebody like Sean Paul is is is, is a great icon to to dancehall music and reggae music and you know what i mean i as a young youth from Ghana have always been inspired by man like Sean Paul and to actually, you know, when I was starting up, I actually did um, a rendition of one of his songs, mm. you know, like, hey, sexy lady, you know, that song, I did a rendition of it. It was, I'm a macho, macho, I can't, panam, panam, pam, pam, pum, pum, pam, pum, pum, pam, pum, you know, that, that already bad. So I did a thing on that. So that's how far I can remember from when he's been inspiring us. And to get to a level where I get to work with him on a song, I think we did a song in 2017 on one of my albums. That's the first one. And then I, he featured me on his album, one of his albums that dropped, I think, last year. Yeah, last year. Years. You know what I mean? So that's how me and Sean go. Me and him have performed. We performed at the World Cup in Qatar. You know, God damn. Uh, you know I headlined one of the dates. He headlined another at the dates. I was like, yo, look at that. Like... This is real. So it's like a father to me and a big brother, you know, in the business. So big respect to Sean Paul. DJ Camillo has known Sean Paul since he first came onto the scene and says he works just as hard in 2023 as he did in 2003. Yeah, I mean, I knew Sean Paul since the beginning before he really, really took off. Like, you know, when he was going through the motions, working the songs. And, you know, to me, he was that typical dance hall from the 90s but it was 2000s now you know what i'm saying and you know to me he always reminded me of, of like a legend like Supercat. it was just his style his voice but like in a younger version more newer type of vibe and, and you know he he really crossed over dance hall scene man he really did you know um i i was there from the giddy up you know what I'm saying? He used to always come into town and check out on DJs. He would always do dub plates. I have so many custom dub plates from Sean Paul. Always doing, and even to this day, even to this day, it's 2023. He sent me a dub plate of a, of, a, of a song, of a new song that he did. And you know, when you say dub plate, um, that's like a version that he does, like the song, but he'll do a customized version for you. Oh, so he's shouting out Camillo. Right? right. In the song, but singing and using, you know, your name in the hook. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, that's like a dub plate. Um, and like I said, his worth ethic hasn't stopped till then. Because even 2023, he's shooting them out. Give him a, he understands the importance of, of, of DJs and breaking the music. He comes from that. That concludes this episode of Summer Jam Through the Years. I'm your host, Laura Styles. Thank you to Sean Paul, Stoneboy, DJ Enough, and DJ Camillo, and to our producer, Jason Peters. Subscribe to Summer Jam Through the Years and hear the rest of Season 2. 
or go back and listen to season one. Thanks for listening. What does Summer Jam mean to you? Oh, freaking awesome show. You know, it's the best of the best uh, for that year. So it's kind of one of the, it closes the summer. It kind of cements who's the, the hit artist for that year um, or, or the, that period, two-year period or so. This episode was brought to you by Uptop Music Group. Check out Uptop artist Jez Gasoline and their song Backdoor. Reward my dogs, that's for being loyal. I do anything for you. Chinches round my innocence, but I still got my morals. Made it out that shit, but I still got the war wounds. How the fuck you hate me and I never sold you? But if we ever meet up, I can't keep it cold, you. I got 30 hollows aiming towards you. Turn his ass into a memorial. I got niggas doing time that ain't up. I got niggas doing time, but they stuck. Third strike, my niggas ran out of luck. We was catching cases, almost ran out of guns. Them shooters put you in the bag. So I drop a bag on my shooters. I was told not to brag. But I feel like we the best to ever do this. Now the streets watching, feds in the jeeps watching. Back door open, but I gotta keep. Hot 97 Summer Jam 2023. Yo, Rosenberg. You know the people could get their tickets for that VIP Dime Club 97 at Summer Jam. Everyone who's VIP gets an exclusive Summer Jam merch bag. You'll get to hang out with some of the Hot 97 staff. Plus, we'll have that exclusive photo booth set up so you can stunt on your friends. <laughs> you might even be interviewed by one of us at Hot 97, and it won't be me. <laughs> if that's not enough, you'll get designated check-in, concessions, VIP event staff, your own private entrance, and private restrooms. So while the show's blowing up, you can blow up the bathroom. Yo, it's crazy. Bro, this is fire, bro. Your own entrance? I don't even what? have that. It's the VIP Dime Club 97 at Summer Jam. Sunday, June 4th at UBS Arena. Get your tickets now. Ticketmaster.com. You don't want to miss it. Made hot by Smirnoff Blue Raspberry Lemonade.